0: What's up, world? I'm Angelica Beener, and this is Milestones, a podcast where my special guests and I take a deep dive look into landmark albums, projects, and people celebrating a milestone year. Welcome to episode 16 of season two, and tremendous thanks to you as always for joining me. In part two of our special Isley Brothers Celebration, award-winning vocalist, instrumentalist, producer, composer, and cultural historian, T.L. Cross is back to help us unpack the genius of the Isley Brothers' 1973 classic, 3 Plus 3. On its 50th anniversary, we delve into the pivotal album that transformed the Isleys from a group to one of the greatest bands of the 20th century, with the official edition of younger brothers Ernie and Marvin and family-in-law Chris Jasper. with songs like That Lady, which hint at a future rock guitar icon in Ernie Isley, and Summer Breeze, which broadened the breadth of what could be called Black music and offered a masterclass in reinterpretation. With songs like That Lady, which hint at a future rock guitar icon in Ernie Isley, and Summer Breeze, which broadened the breadth of what could be called Black music and offered a masterclass in reinterpretation. 3 Plus 3 is an album deserving of deep reflection and reverence. With musical collaborators and mentors like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, T.L. Cross has also worked with Usher, Mary J. Blige, Jada Kiss, and Yolanda Adams. He co-wrote the chart-topping single, You, for breakout singer Nicole Buss, which spent 22 weeks on the Billboard charts and tied for the fastest debut to reach number one on the Billboard adult R&B songs chart his episodic series, Wow T.L. Cross, along with Cross in a Minute, are currently taking the hip hop world by storm. With his narrative style of threading and weaving seemingly disaffiliated people, places, and events, Cross has become a rising star in the realm of hip hop musicology. He is the founder of Cross Academy of Performing Arts, and he is the resident cultural historian with Bounce TV, where he discusses hip hop, film, and the importance of HBCUs. Always honored to have an opportunity to converse with this brother, and I know you are going to dig this episode. Part two begins with us discussing a particular guitar god that you may or may not have known was living with the Isley brothers at the beginning of their career. So. Let's pick up right where we left off. And we also have to talk about the fact that a young, he wasn't even called Jimmy at the time, but this young, brilliant guitar god is living with the Isley brothers around this time. We're talking about none other than Jimi Hendrix.
1: Be Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy, Jimmy with an I. Jimmy with one M and an I, J. M. I. Hendrix with an X. Come on, let's go. <laughs> That's what we're talking about.
0: Right. We, t- we look at Ernie Isley, who to me is criminally unsung. Shout out to the other guitar gods. All, all of them. But Ernie Isley, who from the age of 11 is under the tutelage Of the one and only inimitable, untouchable Jimi Hendrix?
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? And to your point, Ernie played bass on It's Your Thing. And being under the tutelage of Jimi Hendrix allowed Ernie to literally move from the bass to the actual guitar. Oh, that wasn't
0: Marvin on It's Your Thing?
1: No, oh. no, Ernie was playing bass on those first two albums. When Ernie moved to the to, to lead guitar in rhythm and rhythm guitar, <laughs> because let's talk about that. And drums and, and drums, right? Because when you think about Jimmy, that's what Jimmy did. Jimmy was a trio. He played rhythm guitar and lead guitar at the same time. All right. Bon, bon, da, bon, bon. <laughs> you know, he played rhythm and lead at the same time. And so Ernie was able to do rhythm guitar and lead guitar, you know, for the Isley brothers. And he started out playing the bass. And he and part of it may have been the fact that you had Jimmy playing lead guitar and you're watching him. And so for some of those albums, Ernie mainly played bass. And then he started to move on to the lead guitar. And I'm so glad that he did because Ernie Isley is literally, when it comes to, to R&B music, Ernie Isley is my number one. He's my my GOAT. He's my, when it comes to R&B music, he is my GOAT. All right. So shout out. We love you, Ernie. We love you, Ron. You know, all we love you guys. Ernie Isley, thank you for your sound. Thank you for all that you did and continue to do in your music.
0: Amen. And that would have made Ernie a teenager, on it's your thing. Absolutely. We have to also shout out, of course, James Brown and Sly and the Family Stone, because I think that those are two other entities that that surround the Isley Brothers.
1: We we gonna we gonna get back to that because when we get into the songs, there's a connection to to Sly, and I just we're love- gonna
0: think of the same song. I know it.
1: I know we are. Yeah. The first <laughs> note. Yeah, from the first note. From the first <laughs> but, then, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda talk about something very, very mysterious about that song. Okay. It's- All
0: right. Well, well come on, let's let's move on into the 70s then because I can't wait. So we entered the 70s fresh off of this huge hit, It's Your Thing. And they release an album per year leading up to 1973, which is the pivotal three plus three. And we'll get into why that's the name of the album. We have getting into something that comes out in 1970, giving it back in 71 and brother, brother, brother in 72. And we hear the Isleys like Marvin, like Stevie and like Dylan and Carol King and these other people getting more socially conscious in their music. Brother, Brother, Brother features the song Ohio by Neil Young, and it's a mashup with Machine Gun by Hendrix. And of course, they're talking about Kent State. They're Carol King's Brother, Brother, Brother. They cover Dylan's Lay, Lady, Lay, which is not a social commentary per, per se, as far as I know. Also, Jackie DeShannon, Put a Little Love in Your Heart, but she also sang What the World Needs Now. There's something really interesting that I think we also need to talk about here that goes back to your original statement about the boxing in of Black music. And I think that these covers sort of culminate with Summer Breeze, which ends up on, on their 1973 album. But before that song, and we'll talk about it, they're covering a lot of soft rock, folk, yeah. leaning music, which I love. I love Bread and Seals and Crofts and Joni. And I mean, all, all that stuff, Carol King. When conversations of the Isleys come up, there's always a the conversation about hip hop, rightly so. There's always the conversation about their collaboration with a certain R&B artist that will not be mentioned on this show. But what we don't talk about enough, I think, about the Isleys is their folk and what we call rock, because because Lil' Richard said rock and roll ain't nothing, but uh, R&B sped up. Absolutely. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, as you said, we have to package things for, for our understanding, for people to know sort of exactly what we're honing in on here. Their rock oriented work and, and particularly the folk stuff because we're going to get into the rock with this album right but like what's that about you think where, where that that's sort of glossed over because that to me is a huge part of their legacy you know covering James Taylor and Carol King and Seals and Crofts and all, all these groups and making
1: really beautiful music oh absolutely you know and I want to throw in uh, Todd Rundgren's "Hello," is me.
0: Oh, come on now, come on
1: now. <laughs> you know, Ron just took the first five minutes of the song just to say hello. You know, <laughs> take the first. You know, but but I I he, that's probably
0: my favorite one. But go ahead, go ahead. Go oh, ahead.
1: come on, come on. I, yes, it is. I mean, for me too. Oh Lord, have mercy. Sure. Ooh, we I, I got to listen to some Ozzy Brothers after this. You know.
0: I know. <laughs> I mean, like, it, 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 it's it's for me. It's the note when he goes, "Hello, hello, hello." That hello, Oh, that, that, that,
1: that yeah, 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 yeah. Where he starts it, and then he come get up. on. He's like a surfer. He's riding that chord, you know. Mm. Well, what I'll say is the people you that you named, you named, you know, Dylan, and we mentioned, you know, the Carol Kings, and you know, you mentioned quite a few people. You know, Brad Sills and Croft, James Taylor. When when talking to them, their heroes always come out of black music. These artists here, you know, whether it be the folk artists, Bob Dylan will sit down and bring you through the folk artists um, and musicians, you know, that were that came out of the blues tradition in, you know, folk music, music of the folk music about folk, you know, and those were the people that they looked up to, then you had Jimmy in the band, you know, and you had various people you know, it was just this intersection. They came at a perfect time of an intersection of blues, folk, rock, RB, soul. They were at it, they were around at a time where uh, soul music wasn't a term, you know, for a for genre. You know what I'm saying? They were playing as a family and doing what they were doing before anybody heard the term rock and roll you know so this is cultural stuff that we're talking about and i think that the osley brothers you know they recognized in those artists these artists are really good and not only are these artists good but they're doing something that also feels like home to to us you know what i'm saying and that's why we love soft rock so much because we hear some soft rock and be like "Mm," you know what i'm saying and i think that they were doing and they were free enough especially going out stepping out on their own it's our thing in doing the type of stuff that they just wanted to do you know they just said you like that song and then what they did was they put a level of syncopation with it they put a level of soul and they put a level of these different elements you know they bring the bongos in and then they'd have the drummer do a thing. And then the bass line would be doing it set. Then the, the guitar rhythm, the licks. And it, it. so what you had was something like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis talk about, Terry says, I'm the funk and Jimmy is the melody. So you're hearing Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's music. You hear these beautiful melodies and then you hear like this, bum, da, bum, da, bum, da, bum. you know what I'm saying? So you put those two together and the Osley brothers were doing that. Get This is something that Gamble and Huff did. you know. Also, this is something that Motown did. Give you a backbeat that's just funky, but then give you just a beautiful melody riding on top of it. And I think the Osley brothers, they would hear these beautiful songs and they would say, you know what? Let's do something with this. Let's take it on home. You know what I'm saying? And that's what they did. Let's take it on home. <laughs> take it on home.
0: I'm picking up what you're putting down with that one too. I knew you would. You know, I would. And, I, and I, I think this is a great time to talk about the great Chris Jasper. I mean, Woo! listen, man. I mean, his flowers are so overdue. It's not even funny. Mm. Chris Jasper, who grew up in the same neighborhood or even I think the same building as the Isley brothers his sister ends up marrying Rudy Isley and now late Rudy Isley and Chris Jasper goes to Juilliard because Billy Taylor is there the great jazz icon and educator and musician Billy Taylor Chris is adding a certain sophistication harmonically to these folk songs, Chris is also, and DJ Spinner put me onto this, I didn't even realize that other than Stevie, Chris was really the next person to utilize Tonto, that synthesizer.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. When I was kind of coming into my own as a producer, Mm. one of the things that I said was, I want my music to sound like the Osley Brothers. And the reason why I said that was because they always fused kind of this organic, you know, Ernie Osley on a acoustic guitar, you know, Jasper on the uh, piano, but then they would layer it with some Rhodes on top, floating doing these beautiful chords and melodies and harmonics and then Ernie would go pick up his electric and put something on top of that you know so there was this layer of just this kind of stripped down vibe organic vibe with that tanto that synthesized sound that Rhodes that and those were the things that I feel they had in common with Stevie Wonder Because this is something that we'd hear him do as well. And then come to find out, they had some of the same engineers in those same, you know, technological minds that they were working with. You know, those big, those, that that Tonto stuff looked like you were working like like in a cockpit somewhere, you know, flying a plane or something like that.
0: that Exactly. The Tonto is just, I I just want to blown up photo of that to frame and hang in my house because the way they were able to utilize it gave us the greatest music of the last hundred years. I mean, and shout out, we cannot, we would be remiss not to mention the names Malcolm Cecil and Robert Marguloff. Absolutely. Uh, They were very instrumental in, in, in building that rocket ship, that cockpit. Thing, that enormous thing called Tonto that we associate with Stevie, but also need to definitely associate with Chris Jasper. In fact, they recorded Three Plus Three in LA because of Stevie Wonder. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And they were doing the album around the same time he was doing Inner Vision and, and stuff like that. And, you know, rumor has it that they were able to sit in on Don't You Worry About a Thing. While Stevie's recording that, you know, you know, so just just all of these roads that kind of intersect, yeah.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. So I think this is a great time for us to get into three plus three. This album, I believe, is their sort of kind of return, I guess return to the majors with with three plus three. And let's talk about why it's now called three
1: plus three. So just for the record, when they went back, they went back to the majors on their own terms. And that's the beauty of it. They went back, but they went back on their own terms, three plus three. So whenever you go back and you look at, you know, you make me want to shout and even down to layaway, you would see three of them. And the focus would be the spotlight would be on three of them. That's the first three. But for some time, what you had was, you had the brothers really playing with them, backing them up, but the spotlight wasn't on them. And there became a moment where it was like, you know what, you know what brothers, come up here, come up here. You know, instead of being back there, come up here, you know, because we're we're all one. And they kind of put it all together. Three, the three vocalists, plus three, the band, and we are gonna put it all together. We are the Isley brothers, because they are.
0: That's right. Know? Exactly, so we got O'Kelly, Rudy, mm-hmm. Marvin, Ernie, we got Chris Jasper, uh, we got Marvin, who'd I forget?
1: Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm forgetting somebody. Why is this just an instrumental right now? <laughs> this somebody's listening, isn't it? <laughs> Where's the verses? Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly.
0: Ron Isley, yes, exactly. So we have now, three plus three and now like you said now we are the Isley brothers as you said they had already been working with them but they're pushed to the forefront and not only are they pushed to the forefront but Ernie tells this great story about when they cover their own song they cover who's that lady and it becomes that lady and Ernie's like "Hmm, that's like a bossa you know cha-cha song that they put out and I believe 64 if I'm not mistaken 63 64 and Ron is like yeah but we gonna we gonna do it we gonna do it a little different this time and you're gonna play lead guitar you're gonna have a solo and okay so let's I'm excited let me push it back a little bit pull back a little bit
1: (laughs) you're getting hyped you're getting
0: hyped I'm I'm getting hyped now (laughs) because when that intro of that first track from three plus three comes on. This is their coming out party. This is we are a band. We went from being a group. We are officially a a band. You know, and that rhythm guitar starts, and then you hear that fuzz, that, that, that wail, that scream.
1: It's I a, mean, it's a rap. They Ernie Isley came and kicked down the door. I mean, he didn't, he didn't come in quietly. Like he came in and was like, Oh, this is what y'all gonna y'all put me up front? Got you. Say less. All right. And I mean, and then you think about, like I said, his kinship and his friendship with Jimmy, and Jimmy using those pedals and stuff. And Ernie Isley, when you go back to the 70s, or as my as as my family would say, the 70s. Yeah, yeah. You would look at his equipment, his pedals. And it would be so much he had there. I mean, it was like, this is for this. Remember, I'm going to get you sucker. And He had all the things. He said, this one is for typing. This one is for searching. This one is for... I mean, Ernie Isley, his equipment was otherworldly. Ernie Isley would even hook his guitar up to a Leslie, like an organ Leslie. You know, and later on when you hear voice to Atlanta and he and then it's like it sounds like then you then you hear the tremolo he hits the tremolo and you hear the tremolo first and then he takes the tremolo off and then it goes straight he's hooking his guitar up to a leslie so ernie Isley was not only just his chops but he was so innovative into the sounds that he was creating on these records now he was just one of one And just coming in, who's that lady just kicking the door down like that? I mean, whose music sounded like that at that time? Nobody.
2: Who's that lady? Somebody would introduce her to me I didn't get a chance
0: About it not sounding like anybody. He takes what a three minute or so solo. And, and that's, you know, and that's when the eyes with the part one, the part two, it's like we, we got to do it that way because we're going to incorporate solos in our music. And to that point, that was something that was more so reserved for jazz, more so reserved for. I guess, electric rock, you know, rock that centered around the electric guitar and things like that. There were no solos, really, rock, guitar, solos like that in soul music. And what was interesting was that the label is saying, well, how do we market this? There's no horns. Mm -hmm. And there's this veiled racism, let's just call Mm -hmm. it, because, you know, and it's nothing against horns. I love horns. But... You know, string instruments, whether we're talking about classical music or guitar in the '60s and '70s, this was all. And it, it's it's ironic because you have people like Chuck Berry, but okay, and and Bo Diddley, and and all these amazing people. But these these instruments were sort of looked to be reserved for white, unless it's the bass. <laughs> but. The fact that they're like, well, how are we gonna market this? Because there's no horns and there's this, you know, you know, rock guitar. It's like you're gonna market it like as it should be marketed, you know. So there's so that that's really interesting too, like you said, kicking in that door sonically, because we are kicked in the chest <laughs> with this song, but also kicking in the door to allow us to take up space in that arena that we are the forefathers of anyway.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And and it showed how much they believed in, you know, the band, how much they believed in the brothers, you know, they marveled at the genius of their brothers, you know, up here doing what they're doing, you know, and Chris Jasper, they would, no, do that. No, do that right there. Go ahead, do that. You know what I'm saying? And they made room. They constantly made room. For everybody, made room for the backgrounds, made room for the solo voice, made room for the solo guitar, made room for the for the keys, made room for the drum, made room for everything. You know, even like years later, you know, footsteps. You know, you just you're just gonna start with the drum. You know what I'm saying? They always featured, you know, everybody. Everybody got some type of a feature, and and I just wanted to say also, this album three plus three is released in August 1973 which, you know, we're, you know, celebrating, you know, as a hip hop 50, August 73, you know, and it just kind of brings it right back to their being right there, you know, when all of this stuff was happening. And just right quick, I mentioned Herb Rooney with It's Your Thing. Herb Rooney had also done a song with them called Get Into Something, you know, and Get Into Something was a, there's a, there's a break, there's a drum break and get into something where Ron is kind of like, almost like James Brown. He's basically saying like, give the drummer some, and he's kind of, and the drummer starts playing. That is an early break beat for all of the DJs that ultimately became hip hop. They would dance to that one break, get into something that was Herb Rooney again. But these guys, I'm just saying that the Osley brothers, their name in their music was right smack dab in the middle of hip hop, in the birth of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who they are doing this album, and I guarantee you that everybody that was at Cool Herc's party loved the Isley Brothers. Exactly. Exactly. Here we are with the album.
0: Amazing, and loved this album in particular. And I think that's the thing too is that. They didn't lose their Black audience because they were playing electric guitar and adding all of these elements to it. Like, we were here for all of that shit. Like, we were we were lockstep. Whatever y'all are doing, we are riding for y'all. I think maybe what the label was thinking is that it would somehow maybe isolate their their Black fan base or something like that. But that's not at all what happened. You know, quite the contrary, you know, in fact. What track you want to get into next? Cause we, we, we can move around, you know, however you want to do this thing.
1: Oh, okay. Move around. Okay. I, I was like, are we going to go in order? Are we just going to move around?
0: I was thinking the same thing. then I'm like, you know what? Let's just, what you want to do next?
1: Okay. So, you know what? Let me, let me see. Let's get into what it comes down to. Ooh, okay. Cause I go. think, I think we have a similar, <laughs> I think we have a similar <laughs> idea as to w- Let me ask you, Angelica, (laughs) when you heard that intro, what, what jumped out at you?
0: Oh man, slide the family stone right away. Here's something interesting and that I love and that I feel like is missing from music today. We don't see our peers celebrating our peers in real time, Mm. you know, and that's one of the things that I love about this song because it is so clearly a nod to Sly and the Family Stone. You know, Fresh comes out this same year, comes out in 1973 as well. But Sly and the Family Stone, and I'm so glad that this book is finally coming out about Sly Stone because these are also some flowers that I think are delayed. And like I said, between James Brown and Sly, I think those were big influences. On the the Isley Brothers for sure, and when you hear what it comes down to, it's like, oh man, this is clearly rhythmically the sound. What is it called? The King? What's what's the that that drum machine that Sly used? The
1: Lindrum. The
0: Lindrum. Lindrum. Yeah. I mean, you hear you. It's just oozing Sly and the Family Stone, and like I said, what I appreciate is the real time wink nods to the peers. Who were inspiring them in the moment you really really hear that what do you hear
1: you know when i hear that here's the interesting thing about that so sly there was a there was a period of time where there's a conspiracy going around and there was a time where sly stone you know they say that he was recording under assumed names aliases you know maybe something about taxes you know, or something like that. Well, one of the names that he is said to have uh, gone under is Truman Thomas, and this is just a this is this is a this is an urban this is an urban legend. You know, you've heard from some insiders, some outsiders, but there was some aliases that he went by. And there was some people that say he went by the name Truman Thomas. What makes it kind of hairy is there was a real guy named Truman Thomas who actually played organ. Now. Truman Thomas is credited as having played also on that. This particular song, Truman Thomas is said to have played on this record. So there is this thought, there's this thought that Sly was playing with other people. However, he was avoiding IRS and he had these assumed names. And so this organ that's on the Osley Brothers song, is credited to have been Truman Thomas. And the interesting thing is, again, there is a Truman Thomas. And the Truman Thomas that really existed worked with Sly also. So it's just this crazy, mystical kind of, because when you listen to the beginning of the song, what it, what it comes down to, it literally sounds like you're about to go into a Sly and the Family Stone song because of the organ in the wah-wah pedal, which was something that Sly was wow. doing yeah that's what it was so ultimately it is a little mystery there there's a little mystery there i would love to have a conversation with some of the people who may have uh, been involved you know to kind of clear that up but yeah that's what i wanted to kind of throw in there that's just a little something a little misdirection for the listeners when you listen to it and say hmm it could be it could be you know
2: (laughs)
0: Oh, that's amazing that makes that would that would make it make even more sense I oh mean, my. that's that's deep wow 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 mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs on this album is the highways of my
1: life the i knew it i knew it heard you be- You listen heard you before you said it
0: you heard it before i said it
1: i heard it before i heard you before you said it because that's, listening to that song you you know, shout so- out to
0: Monk, by the way. Shout out to Monk. That's me and Teal Cross's wink nod to Monk every time we say it. So
1: shout out to Monk. Monk. But- heard it before you said heard it. Heard you
0: before you said it.
1: Your great uncle, you know. And you know, the thing is, I we never talked about this song. But every time I heard the song, I always knew that you liked this song. And somehow or another, we never talked about it, but I always heard the song and said, I bet you Angelica likes this song. But somehow or another, we never came to talk about it until now. Right this minute. It's a beautiful song with a, a, a beautiful arrangement. The tanto is very present there. You know, the beautiful piano, the lyrics of it, the the the, the sentiment that it talks about. It is just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song.
0: Such a beautiful song. Uh, Chris Jasper talked about, because this song was written by Chris Jasper. He talks about something called the deceptive cadence. And I love this term because what he's basically saying is that there's a a buildup. Your brain will start to think the song is going one place because there's a pressure cooker of changes, a sequence that sounds like it's going to go somewhere else. go somewhere and then it goes somewhere completely different. And then there's this release, there's this tension and release. There's the deceptive cadence. So I hear that very clearly on this song, the verse builds and builds and builds in one direction. And then the chorus is this huge release. There's this, there's, you don't hear it going there. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's just like the heaven's gates opening up on that section.
2: Just so-
1: you know you said that perfectly you you said what I feel and just listening to that you know and I'll tell you one thing it was sampled a lot too in hip hop you know uh, various people sampled that as well it was sampled as early as black sheep you know in the 90s you know in the early 90s you know yeah it was sampled quite a few times but it was also sampled by uh, an R&B group and it was, it wasn't sampled. It was replayed and interpolated by this R&B group. And the group was called La Day. And the song, they had a song called Baby Eye. And interestingly enough, that hits very close to home for me.
0: We wonder why. The- we wonder why. There may be a lead singer.
1: Some, somebody a- had the, somebody, somebody, somebody sung lead for the group. You know, I was the... I was the lead singer for La Day. Um, Shout
0: out to La Day, who was a flagship group with the resurgence of the modern day Motown label of the 1990s. That's you know you deserve some serious flowers as well, my brother. So let but let's go.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. So this is certainly one of my one of my all time favorite, Osley Brothers songs. And it also kind of, I think, foreshadows what was going to happen with the Ozzy brothers in the future with their ballads and with the beauty of where they went with it, you know, because Ron had spent so many years as, you know, this soul singer, this person that would kind of lean into some of the grit, you know, of the singing. And, and we don't give Ron Osley enough credit as a singer, you know, because he had everything. I mean, he had I mean, from that well of gospel to that funk, but then he come back and give you that falsetto, just like as beautiful as any falsetto singer could do. And then he had the sensuality. And this is this is one of those songs that kind of goes to show you what would happen for many many years just with the voice of Ron Isley. Man,
0: know. the phrasing, the voice the want for nothing, the the effortlessness, the seeming, because it takes tremendous effort, but for our ear, just the, the effortlessness of where he could pull from, the expressiveness of the way he spoke, the instrument itself, you know, just the, pa- un- Ooh, the patience. Speaking of the patience, I, I want to segue into Summer Breeze Because part of what made the Isley Brothers' covers of a lot of these soft rock and folk songs so interesting was how they pulled the tempo back. I mean, you know, and and I love Seals and Croft, you know, it's here, it's here, it feels great. But just the patience, first of all, just that. Like, they already let you know, like, listen, man, listen, man, listen, man. Have a seat. Have a seat. Sit back and relax. They primed us for that with doing Carol King's It's Too Late. Their 10-minute version of that where it's just like, you might as well just go on and have a seat. Take your time. Take your time with it now.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
0: And that was something I think about a song, speaking of, you know, that album that I just put up, The Heat is on, Sensuality. Like you mentioned the word. I mm-hmm. mean, everything was just about let's pull this back. And I think in the pulling back the tempo, they were able to really highlight the beauty of the song. It's almost like those slower takes of trains, giant steps. I love it at the you know locomotive speed, but it's something about like alternate take eight. Yeah where yeah. you really can hear the gorgeousness of those changes. And I think the Isley brothers did such a good job of that. And a lot of it had to do simply before we even get into the arrangement, which I'd love for you to talk about the tempo.
1: Listen, the Isley brothers to me are the fathers of slowing down the tempo in having a certain level of a groove, and I also want to give a shout out to Isaac Hayes, you know, who had done that, you know, before who had done that. Just the slow groove. I mean, when you get into, let's say, the the earlier part of the seventies, and we listen to, you know, Betty Wright, you know, bump 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 bump, bump. you know, I'm saying, like, we not in a Mr. Big stuff. We're not in a rush with groove me, you know. what I'm saying we're not in a rush, we're gonna get there, you know what I'm saying? And the Osley brothers were masters at that, masters at that. Because because in theory, we talked about it's your thing before. In theory, it's your thing should be faster. In theory, it's your thing to do what you want to do. In theory, but they said nah, bump, 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 bump. That's where they were at with it. In, I mean, so they had this thing where they're going to bring more to it by pulling it down and slowing it down to something more deliberate, Mm. something just more specific. And we're going to literally get into the details of this. And you have to have the insight and a wisdom about the piece, about the song to slow it down. We ain't going to rush through this. We're going to slow it down and hit all the points. That's what this does.
0: That's it right there. That is a big part of the genius of their covers in particular, but also their original material, which is, you know, I mean, just as writers, composers, we haven't even gotten into that yet. I mean, I feel like this could be a three-part episode. I wish we had time to just talk about all the facets
2: of,
0: of the Isley brothers. I mean, Summer Breeze, just... The the instrumentation, the production and arrangement, the way they flip that little melody piece and make put that in the front. Yeah. I mean, come on.
1: It it, it it it's an announcement when you hear that part. It is an announcement. It is an event is about to take place. This is an event. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. That is just beautiful. The way you hit the nail on the head. I love how they did that.
0: Yes. And Ron quoting the name of the tune, because, you know, we don't, the Seals and Crops doesn't get to saying Summer Breeze until the hook. And Ron is like, he's wailing that. He's like, Summer Breeze all in my mind. Like just wailing oh, yeah. on that.
1: From the top, from the, the top. top. You know, and it's a bluesy thing that he did right there at the top it is a why make why make him wait why make him wait for that you know what i'm saying why make him wait you know we're gonna just we're gonna lay it right out here from the very beginning oh my god oh i
0: love that dichotomy of we're gonna make you wait in terms of the pulse and the tempo but we're not gonna oh that come on now i see what you're doing there i see what i did there there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, but but that that's the that is the genius of the Isley Brothers. They're one of those musical forces where they created a language. Yes. There's the Isley Brothers language. Yes. It is through the music, it's through the arrangement, it's through the lyrics that they wrote when they wrote their original stuff. It's through the harmony, it's through the lead. There's a language that they created. And tempo has a lot to do with it. Because, you know, just if we go uh, much later and we think about in between the sheets, in between the sheets is another song that could have been faster. It could have been, you know, <laughs> but nah, they like, <laughs> listen, listen, but you know, not what not only that. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm not going to
0: forget. Go ahead. No,
1: no, no. Okay. 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 So what I was going to say was that speaks to a time that speaks to culture. It speaks to culture. This is before a, a microwave was in everybody's house. You know, mm-hmm. you know, speaking about you know summer breeze and some of those earliest issue thing. This is before uh, you know in every household there's a microwave. This is before in every uh, uh, life there was a computer in every house. Just the press of a button, you know, it was the process. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. Good things are worth waiting for, and that concept was still in the forefront of society. You got to wait for good things. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you got to get, you know, you got to wait for good things. And so when he said Summer Breeze and they go up, bump, 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 it's like, wait a minute. Did they remake Summer Breeze? Is that what I'm hearing right now? What are they going to, what are they doing? You know what I'm saying? What <laughs> like, What are doing? they doing? <laughs> what are they doing?
0: Little Honeymooners wink nod right there. Go ahead, brother. Right,
1: Becky Gleason. You
0: know? Shout out to Jackie Gleason. I, w- I was just going to add to that when you brought up Between the Sheets. And I, I know that's not what we're talking about. You're gonna come, come on now, come on, come but, on. I'm with you. You with me. Is that vamp. That's another exercise in patience. And we're not going anywhere. We right here for, I don't know how many minutes. That vamp, that doom, doom, doom. I mean, we're just gonna sit right here. Right here, you know that. That's another example of how that concept that you're talking about—that good things come to those who wait—that pacing, that pulling that back—it evolved in their sound down into the, you know, the '80s. And and you brought up Biggie and Big Papa. To your point, that was also not common in hip hop. You know, hip hop. We 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 was we was you know, you know we we you know we, we was jumping all over the place. Hey hey, you know we were we were doing the most dance wise. But
1: <laughs> it was all about in the nineties. It was all about the footwork.
0: It was all about that footwork. You know what I'm saying? And that was what made Big Papa and also DeBarge's "Stay With, Stay With Me," where it was like rapping over these these ballads. So to your point about. The Isleys being hip hop before hip hop, that slow thing. Not only was it, you know, that was a pioneering sound for soul R and B music. It also allowed hip hop to have this revolutionary sound too. In that in that song.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree a thousand percent. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So I think we have time to do one more. We have okay. We're- what tune would you like to dive into a little bit next?
1: You know what? Let's do something up tempo then. Yeah, okay. Let's do let, let's do you walk your way.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Let's do you walk your way. I'm gonna tell you what I love about this song. And it almost kind of, you know, kind of embodies their journey for me. When I listen to them, what I'm hearing is. I'm hearing that Hammond organ. I'm hearing gospel when I hear that, but I'm also hearing that slow Osley Brothers groove that we've been talking about because it also has that funky element to it. It, It's beautiful because it has a beautiful song, you know, on top of it melodically. But then there's also this nod back to their Motown days because if you listen to their background vocals, there's a lot of interaction, you know, that kind of you say a thing and then they repeat it, you know, in a unison, you know, that they come back and then they do the harmony behind it. You know, there was a lot of that going on. And they approached this almost like the quintessential R&B soul group at the time. Mm-hmm. And you don't always hear the Osley brothers do that, but they that never left their bag, you know, never left mm-hmm. it. And this was a moment where I was able to hear that. Then I also wanted to just point out the concept of love, because no matter what the concept was in the song, y'all could be breaking up, you know, you know, you walk your way, you know, but the level of respect though, just the level of respect that they had towards this woman that they wrote about and that they were singing about, just the level of love and respect. It wasn't like, you know, let the, let the doorknob hit you with, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like that. (laughs) It was like, I care about this woman. I care about her. You know, things might not work out, but at the end of the day, there's just this level of love and respect Mm -hmm. all throughout the Osley Brothers music, even when. We talked about between the sheets, you know, sharing our what love between the sheets. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, I Ily said, listen, here, <laughs> enough of this saying <laughs> it, let's make love. <laughs> <laughs> because the reality of it is, is it just wasn't carnal. It was not just carnal. There was some level of there was a connection, mm-hmm. love and respect and when i listen to this song and this album who's that lady
2: mm-hmm. beautiful
1: you know when i listen to all of this stuff what i'm hearing is some brothers that love their mom you know and who love their the women in their lives and the women in the community and then the women <clears throat> that come into their lives. These are the types of men I'll never forget. I was shout out to my to my children, you know, my son and my daughter.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: I, yes, yes. Your niece and nephew, Aunt Jelly. But when my daughter was about to be born, my cousin, who had nothing but girls at the time, because he kept going and now he got a couple boys <laughs> Actually, But he said you know what? He said, you know what? He said, you deserve a girl. He said, not everybody deserves a girl.
0: Oh, wow. You
1: deserve a girl. And when I hear these Osley Brothers songs, I say, you know what? They deserve a girl. They deserve to be girl dads, you know, because of the level of love and the level of respect um, through the lyrical content of their music. And that's what I love You know about this song.
0: That's really, really beautiful. I love that. That's so beautiful. And to your point, they brought because I mean, no one can argue that they're probably the the most sensual group of all time. I mean, absolutely. They, they, you know. I mean, you know. Of course, Luther would come later as a solo artist and be, you know, the single handed baby baby machine. Right, (laughs) but but before. (laughs) Before Luther Ronzoni Vandros. Ronzoni. Come on now. Shout uh-huh. out to the Bronx. Yeah, shout um, out to the BX. <laughs> there was the Isley brothers. I mean, nothing puts you in the mood more, but to your point, you don't have to sacrifice love and respect for the sensual. And I think that's something we, in our times, and there's a reason why the Isley brothers are still to this moment. You know, th- th- their their audience is expanding in the younger direction more and more every day. Right. And so there's something to be said as rap sales of current artists are down 40%. Meanwhile, our generation is selling out tours just tours, the- yes. On table.
1: But that's you know, a whole that's a whole episode.
0: That's a whole episode. So to your point, there is something that will never go out of style about love and respect and I just want to say speaking of that organ it brings Billy Preston to mind for me that that sounds like like that that's right out the Billy Preston playbook there shout out to Billy Preston
1: shout out to the great great Billy Preston who crossed paths with Sly Stone they had an album together early on people don't even before you know all of this happened and Billy Preston also crossed paths with Jimi Hendrix, you know, they both played with little Richard and, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, so yeah, there's just, there's just this community of just ideas and melody and love and everything kind of flowing through it. And you could just hear it in the music itself.
0: Absolutely. I I think that's a beautiful way to close this episode on love, especially Speaking of what the world needs now, I mean, we really need some love right about now. And so I think that's a beautiful way to close this episode. TL Cross, it is never anything short of an honor to sit and just hear the musings of your brilliant mind. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'd love for you to, you know, tell people what you have coming up and where they can follow you because I want everybody. And I think I don't even need to prompt anybody to follow you. I think you've made quite a few <laughs> fans, but tell everybody where they can find
1: you. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. You know, and just for full disclosure, y'all, we literally do this exact same thing on the phone without any cameras. And nothing recording our, you know, our voices. And I'm gonna tell y'all, we've been doing this since we, were, since we were teenagers. All right, we've been doing this since we were teenagers. And we wish this is like us finally recording our conversations that we've had. We've had, we've had, we've lost out on a lot of money probably with the conversations we had. We didn't we we solve problems of the world. We broke down entire groups and albums and. Oh my gosh. So it it's a pleasure to be able to do this with computers here, cameras, and the audio, and not only people being able to hear it and see it, but we can preserve it, you know, for ourselves. But so thank you again. TL Cross, Where you can find me in a few places. One, there is, this is TL Cross, and that is my Instagram. This is TL Cross. And right now that's my hub. I'm working on my website, which would be an even better hub to bring everything together. But you can find what I'm doing there. You can tune into Bounce TV, you know, where you can find me, you know, you know, in between episodes and in commercial breaks, breaking down the history of what you just saw, you know, uh, maybe, whether it be hip hop, whether it be uh, movies, or HBCU life, which is coming up. There's a big year for HBCU in 2024. And I'll be a part of that.
0: That's exciting.
1: Oh, it is. It is. You know, shout out to my mom and dad who went to Dillard University and Southern University, HBCUs.
0: Come
1: on. Oh, absolutely. And I'll say Cross Academy of Performing Arts. So there's a there's a school and program that I, you know, started just about five years ago. We're going on five years. And right now I'm in the Bronx. Shout out to the Bronx, as you said, in Harlem. And we're in New Jersey, you know, shout out to the Osley brothers, you know, we're in Plainfield where, you know, George Clinton and those guys, you know, came from. Yeah, absolutely. So we're there and we're performing arts program. We are also online. And again, this is T.L. Cross. Contact me. And last but not least, I'm the minister of music at a church, St. Albans Congregational Church.
0: Shout out to St. Albans Congregational Church.
1: Yes. And my brother who is the pastor and we brought the the magnificent amazing angelica beaner in as they were doing this thing called jazz vespers that they've been doing for so many years and you you hosted it and i was i was out of town but i was i I heard it was just magnificent i know what you do (laughs) i know how you brother
0: thank you brother i i would love to come back anytime you and reverend wilson will have me back say the word
1: they less. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. So is that, uh, are those all the places we can find you that about covers it?
1: Yeah, I want to say that co- that covers it for now. There's a couple of documentaries that I'm working on and I'm a part of. And I'll have more information about it as I'm told to give out the information. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited about it, though.
0: I'm excited, too. I'm really excited, especially because you ain't told me about this yet. So. <laughs> So, I got is, so when this recording ends you're gonna have some things to fill me in on but once again ladies and gentlemen and everybody tl cross thank you so much for being here and we will as always see you next time thank you for joining us for the second part of our special two-part conversation with tl cross in celebration of the isley brothers three plus three Milestone is a production of WBGO Studios, produced by Angelica Beener. Production assistant, Corey Goldberg. Theme music, by Riley Glasper. Special thanks to the entire WBGO team. Listen on your smart speaker by saying, Play Milestones, celebrating the culture. And if you're enjoying this content, please be sure to subscribe and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. Check out the rest of WBGO's podcast lineup by visiting wbgo.org studios.